Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and Star Wars. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we are recapping Thor, Love and Thunder, in full spoiler detail, so if you haven't seen the movie, I would get out of here. And I'm with, I'm here with the guy who's the love to my thunder. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? Oh, that's so kind. I'm so good now, um, but you know, I don't want to ruin the moment, but I do have to tell you, Michael, I, I'm not a fan of pan flaps. Um, I, I know you made me a big you made me a big buffet of pan flaps for the podcast, and they're just kind of sitting to the side. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's too bad. Well, Tommy, um, so I, we've talked about like before getting on here. Streamyard has uh, has been so um, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Negligent by allowing me to have these new features that I have, um, and I'm really excited to use them. Tommy, could you um, could you say a bad word, please? Like like an actual potty word or just yes. like well uh, just you know something maybe you wouldn't want said on the podcast. Um, that I love Marvel Civil War. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh good. <laughs> I can play sound clips now, Tommy. I mean that's uh, the only one I have. So I just figured out right before we got on. I was like, what what can I throw in here? I don't know that I will use it again, but um, who knows? No, I love it. Now people will never know uh, that I said that. <laughs> I realize it didn't mute you at all. You probably very well. No, no, you definitely can hear it over it. But uh, they take its false, as many people who know me know. And if anybody has, like, uh, you know, sound clip recommendations, uh, you know, I'm going to be really stupid with this from now on, hopefully. Um, but I, we have a guest here today. It's 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 got to be, like, he's the Mount Rushmore of Star Wars guests. One, one of our dear favorites. It is Robbie Freeman. Robbie, how are you? I'm doing great, great, and despite all my rage, I'm still just team kids in a cage. <laughs> I Here swear, Robbie, I almost did that one. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I will say, like, I saw that moment happen in the movie, and I was, like, trying to actively remember it during the movie, because I'm like, this is going to be the thing I want to say on Star Wars, is that is the only thing I want to say, is I'm team kids in a cage. I will say I find that is like watching movies now and like the TV shows. I am trying to always find my bit. Like, uh, it's more about that than actually giving you guys good feedback. It's now what can I make into a bit from the episodes? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite writers, Alan Seppenwall, he starts with he starts every article with um, uh, a, a review of X coming up as soon as, and it's like an obscure reference to the TV show. And I've always just been, I always play the game. Like, can I think of what he's going to think of? So I, I have the same problem, Tommy, where I'm just like looking for the obscure joke that like some nerd is going to recognize so that I can feel good about myself. Robbie, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I am going to speak about what I think your perception is of this movie, because I'll tell you what, I was watching this movie and, and I guess I, I have, by, by saying this, I have to spoil what I think as well. I didn't love it, okay? I, did, I didn't have a good time. And in fact, as I was watching it, I was like, wow, Robbie Freeman is going to hate this movie. And I, to my surprise, you seem, just from, you know, we follow each other on social media, you seem like you like this movie. Is that true? Uh, this movie was fine. Is, is, my, is, my, is my take on it. I think um, people were... You know what? It's, it's an expectations game. I think that everyone was so critical of this coming into this movie. Like, I was reading the critical response and it was so negative. Like, this isn't Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok isn't a top tier, top five MCU movie. It, a good version of, of what they delivered and what we received from this movie uh, 
means it's in the top half or somewhere in that like middle third. And I'm okay with that. Like, especially given some of the less than stellar TV shows we've seen recently, some of the less than stellar movies, like I'm fine with like a Taiki Taika Waititi and Hemsworth just running it back. And like, are there things I'm going to sit here and complain about? Like, yes, that were completely unnecessary. Yes. But like, honestly, the movie was fine. And I don't know why everyone was freaking out about it beforehand. Yes, Robbie. Yes. My savior. Yes. No, I mean, that's, I think, I think with all of us, there's things we're going to nitpick. There's things that we can criticize. I think the biggest thing that I've come out of like this week it, through this is like, I think we're too critical on Marvel because we have such high expectations in general. We expect so much. And, and Ragnarok is an example of like, it was, I feel like that phase before Ragnarok was kind of stagnant for me, to be honest. And Ragnarok came in and really like, what was a game changer it you know it was like oh you can do like director style and it's still really good and i feel like we people came into love and thunder like expecting that for phase four like okay we're gonna come in here we're gonna they're gonna they're gonna kill it and i think it was a fine film i think if this was a film that wasn't a marvel film and people want to watch it they'd be like yeah i enjoyed my time it wasn't groundbreaking but it was a film i i walked out of smiling i walked out enjoying my time watching it and that's like for me what i want out of a film I, there's so many marvel films that are like close to the rating this is getting on Ryan tomatoes that are trash and it's like how is <laughs> how is this comparable you know i don't know I, I totally agree i think it's a like i think it's an expectations game like think about where we were going into ragnarok like we were coming out of the two like one of the worst movies honestly uh, uh, Mia Culpa, it's one of the few MCU movies I just straight up sk skipped. I, I skipped Dark World. Like, I've ne never seen it. Like, whatever. I'm fine with that. Like, no no big deal. Um, and that that was what... And we were... And basically, of, like, the main characters, we had... Uh, the, it was the worst trilogy, basically, also. And we, we are stunned by how great Ragnarok is. And then we have these huge expectations, because we're coming out of, like... We're like, oh, we're in a lull. We, we like... It's back, baby. It's going to happen. And now people are disappointed. But, Tommy, I, I couldn't agree with you more that it's just, like, this is a solid movie. Um, there's things to nitpick, but, like, generally it was, it was it's fine. See, I'm going to push back on this, guys. Like, because I, I feel like what you're describing is much more of the case for something like Multiverse of Madness. I mean, I don't believe that the hype. That movie was trash. Yeah. I don't I don't think <laughs> Ragnarok gave this movie, like, the pass to be great. You know? And I, I like, I, I guess I'll speak for myself. I, like, Tommy, I forgot this movie was coming out. Like, there was no hype for me about this movie. And that's typically like the best place to be in going into something where I have no expectations. And I, I think it's, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get blown away and surprised and blindsided, but I don't know. Like, and, and I will say, uh, thank God we're doing this podcast now, because if we did it that night, I would have be much meaner than I am actually going to be. So um, are we I, post hype on these movies? Like, I feel like multiverse of madness might've been the first one where I was like, Oh, like I don't need to get up for every single mcu movie like it's going to be endgame because i'm just going to be disappointed so and i think that i did feel that like what you said michael like i i felt that like this was a movie i was not even on my radar i wasn't really thinking about and then like jesse my my podcast co-host he texted me he's like did you get your love, love and thunder tickets i was like oh yeah my bad um whereas like spider-man like i had been anticipating it and was like refreshing my phone at midnight because i wanted to make sure i got tickets like are we post like you need to be super duper hyped for every MCU property slash movie. And, and why is that? Is that because of the shows? I'm curious. 
Tommy, I see you. Well, yeah, I just want to like push back a little bit on the pushback of, I don't think, let me rephrase on the hypeness. I I don't, maybe hype isn't the right word. I think people thought this was going to be a slam dunk. You got Taika again. You saw what he did with Ragnarok. I think people just assumed it would be a good movie, like a, a great movie. I don't know if hype is maybe the right word because I think you're right. I do think to what Robbie's saying. I feel like we just kind of like, I forgot about Eternals. I, there's movies that I'm just like, oh yeah, Marvel's making a movie. I feel like you don't get that like with Avengers, you're like counting down the days to when it came out and stuff like that. So I guess I'll take back on that. But I do think, I mean, not to speak for you, Michael, but I know other people, I've read many like of my friends and stuff that are just like, yeah, it's not Ragnarok. It's not. And I'm like, I think the problem was you went in expecting something. You expected Ragnarok. And it's the thing of, it's so similar to Ragnarok. It was never going to hit those. And that's Taika, you know? And it's it's hard for me to criticize someone for doing his style. I don't know. But that being said, there are things I will criticize. I think Taika is afraid. I, I think he's afraid. I think he's really afraid to go to serious things. He hides behind humor sometimes where he shouldn't. And I think, like, that is a criticism that I'll give him. Do I think that ruined the movie? No. I think there's a lot of really great parts in the movie. Okay. That, here's, uh, here's a controversial statement. Um, I don't think Taika Waititi has any business doing Marvel movies. I think he got lucky with Ragnarok. Um, I don't think, and here's the issue. I'm the tone of this movie is so completely different than anything we've ever gotten, including Ragnarok. I mean, there was not, there was not 30 seconds without a joke and most of them didn't work for me. Now, listen, and here's the thing, Tommy, I, I think it's the mix with Disney. That's the problem for Taika because we know Taika, uh, Judge a Rabbit was my favorite movie that came out that year. Hunt for the Wilder People. I know that's like one of your favorite movies, Tommy, and, and his Marvel movies are just not living up to that. And I, again, I haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People, but Jojo Rabbit, that was not afraid to be serious. That, that got very dark at times. And he found that balance of comedy and, and, and like dark comedy. And I don't think he is able to capture what makes him so great inside the Disney universe. I don't think they'll let him be serious. You realize you're comparing an Academy Award winning screenplay to the fourth Thor movie, right? Exactly. But that's my point <laughs> is, is the fact this guy has so much potential. He doesn't need to be within the bounds of Disney. I, I will push back on your on the comedy part of it. I like I've read those re- like I, I don't know what people are talking about. Like this had the same comedic cadence as like Doctor as like the Doctor Strange movies forcing all the jokes, the Iron Man movies forcing all the jokes. It, it like definitely read like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie where like there's just like tons of jokes like like and, and like again afraid to to be serious. Like I think that's just kind of like the MCU's like oeuvre is like I, I we can't we need to make a joke or else we can't have people cry. Like it, it, it's the DC versus MCU. It's like one has to be completely serious and one has to be a complete joke. Um, that's just how I look at it. Like, I, I don't know if you guys watch honest trailers, but they, they made a really good takedown of, 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 of uh, Dr. Strange recently where they made a joke how like the running joke across movies is that like introducing your name is now a joke. Like when someone's like, my name's Dr. Stephen Strange. And they're like, Oh, I thought we were using our fake names. And like that joke is used like 15 times across 10 movies. Like it's, it's what the MCU does in my mind. Yeah. And I I agree. And that's like, I think the formula is coming back where it's like, if, if you don't have a unique idea or a unique style and and not the type, I think Taika, this is his style, but I do think like, with others, it's like you fall back to just making jokes like I like Robert Downey Jr. did. You know, you go to like Guardians of the Galaxy, get like a Chris Pat quippy. Like that's the go-to. And what it's doing is like to me, it's causing these like movies to feel less epic and less serious. Like the way I feel with this movie and even like multi multi uh, Doctor Strange is like 
it's like almost like I can see the 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 cardboard sets. It feels like I'm watching a play where I can see the cardboard sets behind it. Like it feels like they're not taking themselves that seriously sometimes. And I I I want that epicness that I feel reading a comic book and stuff. So this is like overall MCU stuff, less on this movie. I, I but I think it falls into that trap a little bit. Like I think it falls in that trap of making fun of itself before someone else can make fun of it. And so it's like but you're 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 cutting yourself short. Yeah, I mean, I, like I, I can highly relate to to this approach of life. It's how I approach approach life. It's like I'm gonna make the joke about myself before you can make it, and it's how like a, a little fat kid becomes a bully. Like it, it's like it's like it's like I'm gonna bully myself, and then I'm gonna bully you first. Um, it, it, it's it's what they do. Um, I think that this is the perfect example of, of like you said, Disney and and or the machine, um, not giving over creative control because. Uh, I didn't see it, but I know a lot of everyone's like, oh, if Sam Raimi's like the horror elements of the Doctor Strange movie were really great, imagine if he had full control there. What I would have wanted, what I was loving about this movie and what I imagine as like, oh, what if they actually did this? I want to see this as a romantic comedy. All of the romantic comedy stuff in this movie really worked for me. And I thought like that would have been a really fun, like really genre for them to try and like really fully do because i thought when in the elements like in that montage or some scenes where they did that it really worked and they're just never like they're never gonna take that step like we we know it from when they did winter soldier and they're like this is a 70s spy thriller that was director bs and it was kind of like okay it's like 10 percent that but it's 90 percent a marvel movie and and basically you're gonna get 10 percent of the genre and you're gonna get 90 percent of marvel movie kind of thing or maybe a little bit more but you, you know what i mean yeah, uh, just off that i do think also the other like to go off of what we're talking about with the comedy comedy is one of the hardest things to write like we talk about all the time in like in in the industry is like drama is drama right if you do something serious someone dies everyone's gonna feel the same kind of way but with comedy it is subjective and so it's like when you do a movie like this where it is 90 percent jokes like you said michael it's like they're throwing jokes left and right if they're not hitting, the movie falls. So, like, that could also be a huge part of it for people. Is like, if the jokes are not your style, you will hate this movie because it is relying so heavily on the comedy that, and it's so hard to do that and get everyone to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I've mentioned it before. I'm not a com- I like, I, I don't watch comedy movies. Most of the TV shows, I don't like. I focus. I strictly watch dramas or superhero things. Like, I, I'm not a like. It's hard. Like comedy for me is more of like I don't know why I I'd, I'd love to see a, a funny movie in the theater a, a genuinely funny movie because uh, whatever it is about being with people that's when I enjoy comedy like going to see stand up um, it's always funnier when you're around other people and uh, I think I'm like heavily hindered by that so um, I I can take that that probably is my personal preference um, Robbie I think you made a great point about the the genres as well um, like they they keep they want to reinvent themselves but they're not willing to go the full step and i and i think there are seeds of that throughout this entire film where like it's almost like there are multiple staircases and they they start they start to walk up one staircase you're like wow you're going in the right direction this is exactly what we want and they turn around and go up a different staircase about halfway and they're like oh yes this is this is it this is what we needed then they come back down it's like they always have the right idea but they can never close in on it um, I do want to like start diving into some of the notes here. Um, and actually I should have prepped you guys on how I have this broken out. Um, but it's going to be very chaotic. We're going to be jumping around all over the place because it's hard for me to take linear notes inside a movie theater. Um, but what I've done is so, Rick, uh, so we're, we're talking, we're starting with the stingers, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Go do uh, your thing, Mike. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, what I've done is I've actually broken it down to characters. This is kind of how we did Eternals, but I also tried to include, uh, like, assign the big scenes with the characters as we go through. So we will talk about them. Um, I do want to start, and the first character on my list, and I, I also haven't, like, broken out some of the big characters at the top, some are at the end, and then I've got, like, some cameos in there that we'll talk about it. We'll get through it. But uh, I, we're going to start with Gore because that's where the movie starts out. Um, we, do, we drive right into the backstory of Gore and... Um, and again, this is a case of they have the right idea. This is what we need. Like we need like this emotional investment in the the villain. I think the problem was it just it went really quick for me. And this is I'm, I'm trying to find a good way to describe it. I feel like um, imagine up, right? We start with that beautiful montage of the couple, and then the the lady dies, right? Imagine if that movie started right at the death. And I feel like that's what we got here. And this is one of the things that hurt Gore for me so much is that I never had time to invest in his character. I understand, yes, a ch I have kids. If one of my kids died, that's sad, like objectively. But I have memories and I have things associated with my children that would make me care. I had no care about Gore and his backstory and what motivated him to get to where he is. So sorry to like, I'm already bashing so hard to get here, but uh, it is the first thing and it's one of my biggest complaints. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I... Guess I would counter. I don't know if I want to see ten minutes of like happy. Like I don't know if I want to see enough montage for that. I think for me it was less about yeah we jump into the death and maybe you don't care about the death, but to me it was how the gods reacted, how the god reacted to him. That's the part that I could piece on because I can relate to that of like I've been worshiping you for years and you just don't give a f about me. Like that to me is what I could identify with and the loss of someone is like, it's less about you caring about that relationship. And I guess that's where like, I will criticize the end because they do want you to care at that. But I do think it got me into the character and like, I was kind of like, yeah, I get it. Kill all the gods, dude. They just let you down. Like that's where I did buy into his motivations there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that – I honestly thought, like, that opening sequence was pretty efficient in the way that it set it up. I agree. It was kind of the bullet points, and it, it was definitely, like, he has daughter, daughter dies, um, whatever. But I agree with Tommy. Like, imagine, like, someone showing up to the funeral of, of a loved one wearing, like, a LOL t-shirt. Like, that was what I found so much fun about that god, that god character. Just, like – and, like – Honestly, like it's an atheist stream to see a god that's just like super indifferent and like just like, oh, you're like playthings. And I thought that character was really fun, um, which is weird because I, I, I know I'm jumping around, but I, I found Zeus to be like kind of annoying in, in, and he was basically the same character. Um, but I, I did find it to just be a really efficient establishment of the character. I think what I was list, uh, uh, what I missed in that character was we didn't get to see uh, him do badass stuff. Like, I don't think until he get, he meets Thor later on. Like, I want to see him just, like, killing gods and, like, how he's doing this a couple times. Like, give me a montage of that. Like, I think that would have been pretty cool. Uh, I think that's the only thing that was wanting for me there. But I thought it was, like, kind of solid that he establishes motivation. They, they also just kind of tell you, like, this sword makes him pure evil. And they basically explain away a lot of stuff, but, like, in an efficient way where, like, at least we have a clear villain with clear motivations, which is more than we can say for a lot of other villains in the MCU. Yeah, I, I think there was the motivation for me. I do, like, I will say, like, I did want more from Gore. I really think Christian Bale did a really good job with this character. Um, this is hard for me because it's like, I'm a big uh, Jason Aaron fan who wrote the comic, uh, The Mighty Thor, and, like, wrote a lot of this stuff, wrote the Gore, the, the Gore stuff. And so it's like, it is very different. It's very similar. But there's a lot of things that did, they did change. 
Um, and so all that, that's always hard for me when I, when I go into these movies, I'm like, but, but the comics though. Uh, but yeah, I think like, if anything, I wanted to see, and to your point, I think I needed to see a little bit more. I did buy into him, but like all the gore stuff did work for me later on. Like he was dark. He was the darker, as we talked about, like not serious. If you wanted the serious stuff, it did come from the gore stuff. There was some beautiful cinematography to show that there was like, even just his story with the kids later on, like some of that stuff was good. And, and, you know, the shadow uh, yeah. realm was great. Like it was visually very just wonderful to look at. Like, and with that moment where like Thor and the, and his crew enter the shadow realm and it looks like it switches to that kind of palette. It just, it, it, it felt kind of, um, it felt practical in my mind. It didn't feel like they were just like, uh, like on a computer deleting the color. It, it feels like they almost like shot in black and white. I doubt that's what they did, but they probably did something a little bit more fancy than just pressing button, but it, it felt really like uh satisfying um i think his general journey was great but um i'm sure you have other bullet points you want to get to or you want to trash our takes michael curious to see where you go you know and that's again like i said like uh, i think that again they always had the right idea with gore and i i feel like um yeah like on the surface level i do understand his motivations and he christian bale is incredible um i did just to piggyback on the the shadow realm one of my favorite bits in the movie is uh, when they play with your perception of of this uh, moon that they're going to, and uh, they're flying they're flying their little Viking ship, and uh, you think that they're much further away, but then they just like slam right into it. I thought that was really smart and clever, and uh, yeah, that played well. Um, I don't have a whole lot left to say about Gore. Um, I'm sure other things will come up as we go through, but um, yeah, unless... I, have, I have a little bit more. Um... Okay. Well, like, I want to talk a little bit about his sword, the, the Necro sword. So, like, that is, like, um, from the comic books. And, and what it is, like, I don't think they'll go into this stuff, but it was, like, it's very heavily tied to uh, Noel, who's the god of symbiotes, you know, like Venom. Um, so I thought that was cool to bring that in there. Again, I don't think we're going to get, like, Venom symbiote type things, but, again, cool to see the sword. It felt like there was a history to that sword. Like, it felt like I, I could feel that, like, um, and, and to kind of pimp out the other half of your podcast, it felt Dark Saber-esque where I was like, this thing is really powerful. And I'm sure there's like, like you could probably create a, like an anthology television show about like who's wielding this sword at, sword at what time. And I, I thought, I, I always like a cool weapon. And I think that's what you get from Thor with like Millionaire and all that stuff. But um, I, I agree. I like that. I, I think Christian Bale also had a great performance. I thought he bring, brought the gravitas and like he brought that kind of um, good bad guy energy to, to this, like, like this like really good villain, like, so, like solidly, like I could watch, I like wanted to watch him act in that way. And I just thought that was really satisfying as well. I want more of these, like uh, these, these S tier actors and Marvel movies. Cause it's so funny. Uh, like, I know it has nothing to do with the movie, but just like reading like some of the quotes from Christian Bale's interviews and like, uh, I, I mentioned this before, like, it's really awesome when we have somebody who's like a massive fan and they finally get to like their dream role in a Marvel movie. But on the other end of the spectrum, it's really funny to see somebody who just doesn't care about Marvel movies come in and like be a Marvel person. Like, I'm just counting down the days of, like Daniel Day-Lewis plays a villain. Um, so I don't know. I, I, he's very funny. Paltrow like, is amazing in that she never knows what movies she's been in. She doesn't know what any of her storylines are. It's actually like absolutely incredible. I believe Anthony Hopkins is the exact same way where he's just like literally just cashing paychecks and just like has no idea what's going on in these movies and could care less. And to be fair, I think there is like, 
there are times where they will shoot things for like an upcoming Avengers movie on set of a different movie. And uh, somebody like Gwyneth Paltrow that just kind of pops up in a bunch of different stuff. I can see where she kind of gets confused. And also she doesn't care enough to like literally like watch and find out. Yeah, no, that's true. The last thing I'll say about Christian Bale is like, yeah, I think he, he did great with the voice. I think like in general, just to go with all the, I thought all the actors did a really good job in this film. Like out of anything, I felt like the actors really carried it. The stuff that I have issues with is more with the plot. Um, like, you know, you mentioned it, the zoo scene for me could have been cut. He could have cut all that stuff and done something else. Could have took me away from the Except plot. we got Dumpling God. We did get Dumpling and, God. That is, you, you're right, Val, was worth it. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> like, like, if you're gonna give me a 15 minute sequence that I don't really care about, give me Dumpling God. And like, why didn't you give me more hilarious gods like that? That was the only yeah. thing I did. I wanted more of. To me, it's like a, a lot of this. And I think my problem with the movie, if I like, as much as I was like, oh yeah, it's not, it's fine, is the plot and the structure of like, it felt like he had ideas that he need to fit into MCU's plan in the future. And so it's like, there's certain things that had to go, like even the ending, uh, Gore's choice. I don't know if it was there for me. And to your point of like, I didn't buy into the daughter relationship as much as much as I could buy into him, not trusting the gods that I was fully on board for, but like for him to be like, Oh yes, I guess I could just wish for my daughter. That was a little weak for me. That's one of those weak moments for me where it's like, you could have got me a little bit more to buy into that, um, that choice. I was shocked by that kind of, of uh, I thought the ultimate revelation was going to be that Natalie Portman was going to go into the, the wishing well, um and i was kind of surprised when she didn't do it um so that kind of surprised me and then, then i was like oh i guess this is like a satisfactory second place version of this um but i also like just didn't really see like the the through line to like oh like thor having a kid is what's gonna make everything better like i i was like uh let's, like really let's put a, thor a kid <laughs> let's let's put a pin on this because i actually have a lot to say but um <laughs> Just to continue on uh, more literally here, I want to talk about. Actually, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say. I want to throw it to you guys to see what, if you have any uh, highlights from this. But another thing that we open on with Thor here is he's hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I, <laughs> y'all are both shaking your heads. This is like, uh, I don't. I thought this was kind of fun. No, no. They, like, why? Why did this? It exist? didn't feel necessary. It felt like just because he left with the Guardians at the, it was like. Because he was that. because they had to fill in the, the place of endgame. That's how it felt to me. I thought it was fun, don't be wrong. I just felt like you could use this time for a lot of other, a lot of other things and showing us uh the guardians. I think there's a bigger like we still have we still have Guardians Three and I think Thor still is gonna have a big role in that. And I, I like that they're it's really? kind of I yes, I do. I think I, I mean clearly I think they're building this relationship between Star Lord and uh Thor that I actually really appreciate. And the thing I like about it so much is when Star-Lord first met Thor, uh, Star-Lord was very jealous of him. He was threatened yeah. by him. Um, and we get like the beautiful juxtaposition of now here's Thor hanging out with Star-Lord. He's he's fighting for his attention. You see him like trying to get in his frame. He's dressing like him. Like I feel normally, like there is a good buddy cop thing and I think we're getting more of it. So normally I feel like Chris Pratt brings it in these movies and like really like tries. This really felt like he was phoning it in. Um, I just felt like he was like, uh, I like I did like he didn't even cut his hair like he's like he's like he's like whatever we'll just use whatever my hair looks like right now that's fine um <laughs> like you guys don't care right um but like I, I I agree with Tommy I feel like this was just like because Avengers Endgame ended with him with the Guardians they had to like make it make logical sense but I I thought that like I, I don't even know like like I, like if you're going to do this like isn't the logical follow up to be like 
oh, I need a team or an army to help me accomplish a goal. What about that team that is really that are really close to me? Why can't I just call them to help me with this? Like, why am I going to go to random gods I've never met before? Like, the Guardians of the Galaxy helped me get rid of like, – like, that was why I was just like, if you're not going to, like, bring that back in the third act, like, why have them there in the first act? Like, whatever. And even the theme they were trying to push was, like, almost like he can't work as a team – and then I'm like, but that never really came up again in the movie. It was like, they really they kept showing a shot to the Guardian being like, oh, we're bored because we, he never, he just does everything on his own. And it's like, it didn't really, I felt like at times that's the other thing is like, there were themes that were like thrown, like they were put in the writing room, but then someone forgot to like put the conclusion to those things. They were like, oh yeah, we're going to touch on this. And then they never did. Um, and this is one of them for me. It's like, I think that's why also why the Guardian scene didn't work for me. Cause I'm like, wait, when's this team thing coming up? Like, when are we getting into like him working well with others? That's fair. Uh, again, a, a case of walking halfway up the stairs. Um, we will move on here to um, what, what am I like becoming one of my favorite Avengers? It's King Valkyrie. Um, I, I really enjoyed all the stuff and in, involving Valkyrie in this movie. And um, I will say, this is like um, Tommy. We've had this conversation many times before about how Disney is afraid to explore gay characters. And I feel like this is the gayest character Disney has ever given us. And there wasn't even an on-screen kiss. Um, and I say this because, and, and it, what's what's fascinating is we get something like Lightyear, which does like have a kiss in the background between uh, a, a same-sex couple, and it gets banned in like half the countries it's supposed to come out in. But this, like this character, like the from conversations about past relationships to like her swooning over. Uh, the the ladies of the god place like uh i don't know it was very overt to me like that they were not hiding who she is and here's the thing in the past um after ragnarok came out and we were introduced with valkyrie um i, I don't think there's any reference in the movie to, to her sexual orientation but in fact it came out a lot in interviews we're like well hey you know valkyrie is uh, a gay character and it's like oh Okay, like, congratulations, you're saying in an interview, like, you, you have not explored that in this character at all, which makes makes me think that you guys are just afraid. And I feel like finally they weren't afraid to explore this character a little bit more. And uh, yeah, that's my rant on Valkyrie. I agree to a point. I think they it's great that they had the conversation. They, like, you saw her, her you know, there, it was implied a lot more. It was, it was more out there. I felt like it still wasn't enough. It felt like they it was just like dipping their toe in the water and being, and then I think what annoyed me more was like the interviews before being like, Oh yeah, we're, we're addressing the bisexual. Like we're addressing it in the movie. It almost seemed like they were patting themselves on the back for just like, like being there, but not really like you didn't explore relationships. Still the heterosexual relationship was the main focus. Like that for me is like the only part. Now that's not to prove I'm glad we give us more of this kind of stuff. Like go further, go deeper. And I, I think as a whole, like, Val was such a great character. The connections. I also like that she got a lot of scenes with each person. Like she got a scene with Thor. She got a scene with Cork. She got a scene with, uh, with uh, and uh, with uh, Lady Thor. You know, uh, uh, what's her name? Like Jane Foster. Like wow, how dare you call Jane her? Fonda? You know, great Jane Fonda. That was a great bit. That was a good. That was a fun running bit that I enjoyed. Yeah, but it's hard too because this character. You know, I don't uh, a little teaser for because I'm assuming we'll go to it later. It's like I will always have a hard time when you fake deaths for me. <laughs> and and that that was, there's a lot of that. Yeah. And I think it, I think if you, I think, I guess I'll stop down here. I think if you kill Corgan, you kill Val, it's a better movie because I think it, it leaves Thor more alone. It leaves Thor more alone. Now, I can't get close to people. People keep dying around me. You know, then Jane dies and then he gets a daughter and it makes that way more of an impact of 
Yes, you're the li- you're the person. Did Val fake die? Am I forgetting something? Yeah, in the shadow uh, yeah, fight. She was and, then they, like, pl- and then they and played just... it off as a joke two seconds oh, later. Like, yeah. everyone, everyone's shocked and they're like, oh yeah, I lost my kidneys. Ha ha ha. So yeah, no, I think you're I, I think you're hundred percent right. Uh, before kind of uh, we explore that, I do want to kind of finish off the thought with the kind of like LGBTQ. <laughs> I was trying to do it all and I said two. Um, but um like uh, of the kind of diversity uh, of it all. Um when I, I thought the more out there uh, and what I was more surprised by was making Cork um, bisexual, gay, whatever you want, um, whatever androgynous, because who knows what gender rocks have. Um, but like, if you want to get technical, he conceived a child with another man. So I think that is a that is more out there kind of content than even a kiss. I think this is definitely better than like when Star Wars, when there's like a kiss in the background, or when like uh, the same thing with Star Trek, they did the same thing. It's one of those things where it's just like it needs to just be kind of more like part of the plot and not kind of spoken about. And I think that's when it does its best to the fake deaths. Um, this is this is like my biggest bugaboo. And I tried to rewatch the third new Star Wars movie, which is it the Rise of Skywalker or whatever. And I legitimately walked out of the theater the second time when Chewie doesn't die. And I'm just like. Oh yeah, I forgot this happens. I can't. I can't stand this movie anymore. Um, and I think the cork thing is a great example. And Tommy, I really love the storyline you just created, where it's like everyone close to him dies, and the last scene is him getting a daughter. And like, wow, like as you said, I'm like that hits so much harder if that's the case. Like he probably has to go back to New Asgard and like and like either either find a replacement or like run New Asgard for a little bit. So like. Yeah, I want now. I wish that was the storyline, Tommy. Why don't you work on MCU movies? <laughs> yeah, we would have Baby Avengers by now if that was the case. <laughs> um, and I do want to just touch on what oh, you're before about. Pet Avengers. Yeah, we're gonna get pet. What is that? DC Pets or whatever it's coming out. Pet Avengers or Pet Avengers or Baby Avengers. Which do you want? Maybe uh, I think you do both. Like one right after the other, it doesn't matter which, and then you have them team up, and then it's baby pet Avengers. No, I mean, we've baby Avengers. Pet Avengers. There's a we've got yeah. alligator Loki, we got the, the yeah, it's right there, yeah, rocket yeah. raccoon, yeah, exactly, um, alligator Thor. Tommy, just to pick up, piggyback on what you said about like um, their inclusion, don't get me wrong, there's still a long road. I just mean this is a big step compared to like we were shouting about this in Loki, where he like alludes to having a relationship with a man and it's like and i guess that there is some of that here as well but it's like it's more abundant um tommy i also told you i have a theory about mcu deaths um and uh so i think if you want to die in the mcu what you have to do is say i don't want to be in any more movies that's the only way you're going to die because if you look at all the characters it's because they're wanting to retire or they were never wanting to be in a marvel movie to begin with and if you look at christian bale Never wanted to be like, like this was totally like, it was almost a joke that he was doing this. Um, so yes, of course he's going to die. He's not going to do another movie. Uh, um, Black Widow has some words for you. Uh, oh Michael. yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got, we get, uh, uh, we get Jane Foster here who she clearly like did not want anything to do with Marvel for a long period of time. I don't know what size paycheck she was offered to do this, to agree to it. But um, I think, even then it's like, okay, if I do this, this is the end for me, right? Um, so if you're going to die, and, and you have to think about that when you're in the movie, when you see Valkyrie get stabbed, or you see Cork fall into a pile of rocks, you have to think, hmm, does this actor want to be in Marvel movies anymore? And that will tell you if it's a fake death. That's how you figure it out. Taika Waititi, of course he's going to be in a Marvel movie. Anymore. But it never is worth the payoff, because it's like, I had audience that would 
they were gasping at the death. And but then it almost made Jane's death less impactful because it's like, all right, is this another fake death? Like it's like <laughs> people gasping and then two seconds later they're making jokes about the kidney. So I, I totally agree with you. I just think it's the wrong move. But I get it. They're actors, you want to keep giving them jobs. They're they're like you want to give your friends jobs. I totally understand that. Um, and to your point of conclusion, agree. Not poo-pooing it. If I poo-pooed it, as, I just, I want more. You know, I'm going to always fight for more, but uh, I agree. I'm glad we got steps, but, like, let's take bigger steps. You know, maybe, like, a leap next time. Yeah. What did you guys, since we're talking about Valkyrie, I think it's the right time to bring this up. What did you guys think of the Disneyfication in, like, a Disney World way of New Asgard? Because I I enjoyed that, and I thought it was kind of um, true to life in that that's what would happen if it really existed. Um, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I mean, uh, they didn't like you. You see the cruise ships in the background. Yeah, and I agree. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if like I, like I say like I wanted more of it to prove a point, but at the same time, I didn't need more of it. So it's uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Guess um, wasn't wasn't a big thing for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think it, again, it didn't get like a ton of play. I think it was fun. I think there was um, like some good. And I don't I want to say yet because I don't know if Michael's going to say there was a fun cameo with in New Asgard and uh, a couple other. Was know. that a fun cameo? Which one are you? I thought it was. We can talk I'm about talking it about the cameo that was the cameo from the last movie. Just bring it up. We'll talk no. about it. Uh, Daryl. I liked that Daryl. Oh, so yeah. Daryl the roommate. So, you know, back in the day, Michael <laughs> King made a, a short videos with Thor having a roommate named Daryl. Oh, wait. Is this is this the one with. Oh, sorry. Go finish it. So Daryl, if you watch, he's in it. He's the tour guide leading the tour of the uh, uh, of the hammer when Jane picks it up, and then he's later in the court, and they're like, "Daryl, go do this." I just thought that was a neat like. Not many people caught this, but me and I we caught it in the film. We we're like, "It's Daryl. We we see him." So that is something I love. I love that kind of Easter egg. What I'm talking about is Matt Damon. And yeah, no, like yeah. I like I was like, "Oh man, they took this good joke from the first movie and they decided to beat it into the ground," and like. I was just un. I was just like, oh, that that was where I was like, oh, really? This is what we're doing. Uh, this is how we're doing for exposition those, for those deep cut cameos. But yeah, no, Matt Damon. It was like it was fun, but it was again. It's like been there. Yeah. That's that's the points where I can see like, yeah, it's just Ragnarok again. Like that's. I thought I, we. I thought you said we got Noob Master because that would have been incredible. You, you know how to ruin a really good joke? Introduce Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> That was like, I was like, okay, like, again, I was like, okay, it kind of makes sense that these people are here. It's believable. Uh, it's like, okay, now you're just going over war with the cameos and it's not. Melissa fun. McCarthy made Michael like Sean Spicer. <laughs> did you, uh, I guess we were doing like new Asgard. Did you like infinity cones? <laughs> Those, no, was fine. that the ice cream? Yeah. yeah it, but the, I think that, that happens. I will say that does happen in like, where it's like, ah, oh, this like super serious, like. Oh yeah. I did see that life. where it's like in the, in the, in the helmet, in the, in the glove. Uh, glove. The yeah. I thought yeah, that was yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Um, I mean, can we think of yeah. a real world comparison? Cause you said it, it happens, but um, like I, it is like, that's like the darkest moment in human history. And there's, uh, a, gift, a, there's a gift shop at the nine 11 Memorial. Well, even I mean, I'm not saying you, it's like fun ice cream stuff, but like there's a gift shop. Well, you brought up Jojo Rabbit. It does make light as much as it like tells a serious thing. It definitely does make light of the Holocaust and stuff at times. So like it is like it does happen in this day and age where it's like as time passes, you can things be. You know, I don't know if this was enough time for Infinity Cones. You know, who am I to judge the MCU uh, in, in their in in their time? But it, I guess that's what I mean. Like there are like. Uh, there are certain things that are still taboo, but there are other things that I've definitely seen like made into like parodies or things like that. 
Do you think that it's five flavors or do you think you get infinity refills on the ice cream? Probably not infinity refills. I mean, if, like, again, if we're comparing this to like a Disney park, like there's no way you're getting infinity refills on anything. <laughs> That's true. What do we do you think, think it's five different flavors? Yeah. Yeah. I think the purple would be like, like a, like a boysenberry maybe. Um, red's going to be like a, like a peppermint. Blue's going to be like, I don't know. Peppermint. <laughs> I feel like green is a peppermint. No. No, peppermints are red, red and green. Green like spearmint. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of spearmint. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. But yeah, definitely tell tell us tell us on Twitter what five flavors you think are in the Infinity Gauntlet ice cream. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I do have uh, this is a, a you know I'm not a character, but uh, we're talking about the we get the screaming goats. Uh, this is the next point on my list. Uh, did it work for you guys? I mean, was this is this I'll, a I'll thing? Say, Tommy, I didn't is this like in time. the comic books? Um, he has a goat, like, he does ride a goat, that's the thing. I think the screaming was more of a Tiger thing of, like, I think this is really funny. I think it's okay. one of those things that either hits or miss for you. For me, it was fine. I, I like, thought it was funny. I think the fun, the one I laughed out was when it, they hit the, the moon, and then the goat screamed. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but other than that, like, I did like that they brought it into the soundtrack. I think it, like, I liked that it, like, it blended into the soundtrack sometimes, but other than that, it was fine. It was. It, it wasn't. If you get rid of it, I probably would like the film just as much. But you know, I think. I think uh, of the running bits um, in the movie, I think it was probably my least favorite one. Um, but I. I like. I'm not gonna like complain. I think it's. Uh, I think it's there for younger audience viewers, which like I have to agree that like there's gonna be things like that. I'm an adult and I'm watching movies made for 14 year olds. Like there's gonna be stuff like that once in a while that I don't like fully jive with. Fair. We'll move on from that. I, I didn't have, like, again, I'm kind of the same, but, like, I'm not going to get mad at you, but um, I, here's another one that um, uh, we're going to talk about Zeus and the gods. Now, I know we touched on it a little bit. Um, I, I kind of wanted to piggyback on some of the things y'all were talking about, um, especially with the, the Korg death. Um, like, I thought it was so powerful, like, how Korg, <laughs> quote, unquote, another death that didn't yeah, actually happen. Exactly. I forgot. <laughs> I thought it was so bad. Well, Zeus, it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, Korg dies. He, and I thought it was such an epic move on Thor's part to, like, just snap, like, instead. And, and, like, that's the other thing. It's, like, uh, showing how powerful Thor is, where it's, like, okay, you pissed me off. This is, I I can, I am the best god. I could kill you right now. You think you're hot shit. Just, just wait till you deal with me. And, uh, yeah, that's all of reverse later, which completely, I think that just takes away from how badass Thor is. I think that completely demeans the whole moment. But whatever. And also keep it cork. The whole thing, a bunch of fake deaths. It's like just everybody die. And the stinger would have been better if if he's dead. Then then you're at the funeral and Hercules Hercules comes and you're like, oh, I, I like get it. Like, uh, why doesn't Zeus just go after Thor? Like, like uh, whatever. And I wonder if it's off the other point of like with Zeus of like people there was a there was a criticism for a while of like you're killing all the good villains. You they're in one and done, and then you kill them off and we can't see them again. So maybe that's where it but it, I agree with you. I think you kill Zeus there. It's fine. Korg, I should have known. We're never going to get it dead because it's Taika, right? Taika's never going to kill. He loves acting just as much as he loves directing. So, like, he was never going to kill off his own character. Uh, but it would have meant so much more. I liked the Zeus scene in principle. I just don't think it fit in the movie. I think it's a fun scene. I think Russell Crowe ate up that scene. He was great. It just didn't fit because it's like, dude, we're from, like, if you're thinking about the momentum of the movie, it's pretty fast paced. And it's like, all right, we got to get gore. We got to go to the shower room. And it's like, all right, but a pit stop, we're going to go pick up a team. And it just did not work for me. I think you stay focused on the mission and, and it just felt like a side gig. It, it almost makes more sense as a scene if it's like 
like a like a meeting of like uh, Thor's team and maybe like a couple people where it, then it, re- it kind of echoes that first scene where the god is kind of like laughing oh like like I do anything or like this is like a worry of mine and like I understand what they were trying to do there but like having it be so public and like so it, it felt like so silly and so over the top like I don't know it, it just the only part of that scene that really worked for me was the um the dumpling god scene which i already mentioned um and i i i was kind of surprised when we saw uh when we saw the death of zeus i was like oh this is cool like there's like now clearly everyone's gonna be mad at him there's some stakes and then like we said the, the stakes get taken away at the end of this so different pitch for it, the it, zeus. So side questy. it felt very like we need to go to this planet to do x yeah different pitch for the zoo city all right this is we're doing workshopping uh, Zeus is, or uh, Thor is about to like kill Gore. Zeus pulls all the guards, gods back to that city and is like, hey, it's too dangerous out there. We're just going to protect ourselves and lock ourselves in this city. And then it becomes a thing of like, he has to escape the city to go free the kids. Then it feels less like he's choosing to side quest. It's like, oh, this was forced upon me and now I have yeah. to divert this other obstacle. Yeah, I agree. The- um, can I ask the patented Robbie Freeman R-rated question of the podcast? Bring it on. Well, have have, have Zeus and Hercules been in the same orgy? <laughs> okay, so like I thought this was like the boys, but now we're going a little more Game of Thrones. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a good question. Godgasm? Probably. <laughs> I would probably. Yeah. You know, <laughs> probably. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to check. Because like I was like, it seems like it seems like everyone's very free wielding, kind of like comfortable with themselves, proud of themselves. You know, if you've done your lore of of Zeus, there's a lot of things not off the table for him. So if you, <laughs> if you go read mythology, um, so I have like another. It's kind of a group of characters. Um, I want to talk about uh, Heimdall's son, but also all the kids and all the kids stuff in this movie. Um, there's good and bad here, I think. Um, well, I'll just throw it to you guys if you have any comments on any of this. Imagine the pressure as being uh, cast as the son of Idris Elba. Like, that's a lot to live up to. And I, I don't know. I, I couldn't live up to that. Um, I, I liked Heimdall's son. Um, I think, like, I like that he was kind of, like, I, I think I could have used him, like, struggling with his powers a little bit more. But, like, I was I was cool. I was like, this is convenient, but I like it. Um, I thought they did their jobs. I didn't know. I was unaware that Thor can just like turn other people into Thor temporarily. Like, why? Like, why hasn't this power been used before? But um, ultimately, like the kids were fine. Like, like I, 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 like they were, they were, they were a MacGuffin. Like the kids were the MacGuffin this time. Yeah, I mean, the kids were clearly there to to set up the ending. Um, I did think it was fun. Like, basically, all the the actors and actresses' kids were the kid. Like, Christian he- uh, Chris Hemsworth's kid was young Thor. Uh, his daughter was was Love. Um, Taika's kids were in it. Christian Bale's kids, Natalie Portman's kids. I know that was fun. I'm glad like you know when actors get their kids in there. Uh, it was fine. Like I said, I think one of my favorite scenes was Gore like threatening the kids in the cage and like throwing the uh, the the animal at them. Like that was fun. And I like the idea of like meeting your hero. Like I like that concept. I think Hemdall's kid, I would have liked it set up a little bit more. I just was kind of like, oh yes. Like maybe just a scene earlier of like, oh yeah, that's Hemdall's kid. Like Thor, it's nice to see you again or something like that. It well, of course like, it's Hemdall's kid. He's black. I know. That's exactly. Duh, like that's how, how, like, of course, yeah. Tommy, you didn't know. Like, yeah. I, I agree. Like there could have been some setup to be like, this is like, like, I, I think that we were like 
told that this, like they did focus on this child as if it was important, but I didn't know why they were focusing on him until it was like, oh, that's Hemdale's son. Yeah. Um, no, I, here's a, here's a nitpick on mine. The first shot that we get of him where he's like using his eyes, that is like the worst, worst effects I've seen in a Marvel movie. Maybe okay. ever. How does it compare to... Didn't Himdall do something similar? How did it compare to that in Ragnarok? I haven't went back and looked. That's a good question. I actually don't even... Re- I can't really picture it in my head now that we were talking about it. Maybe it's just as bad, but I don't know. Find a better it way like to... He was probably wearing, like, contacts. Like, I, I'm guessing whether those were even effects. Like, I would I would think they probably just put, like, color contacts in. No, I mean, it was like... It was like... There was like a... It was like a portal almost with his head. Oh, like okay. it wasn't yeah, even yeah. just the yeah. eyes. It was like he looked like the 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 baby from the ba- the baby son from Teletubbies, like straight up. <laughs> okay, uh, I won't beat on that too much. I will say I was I was really like uh, you know rubbing my hands together, getting excited. I was like, ooh, you know, here's our our new young Avenger, right? Because I'm always looking out for the young Avengers, see where they're coming in. Um, but then I think at the end we get a way better young Avenger anyway. So um, we will get to that. Um, I have Korg next on our list, but I think we've touched on everything Korg related, really. Yeah, it's insane how deep into your list you're going, and we have not talked about Natalie Portman at all. I know. Well, I'm saving some (laughs) of the good ones for last. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we've touched on Korg. There is, I do like Korg. There's a lot there. I just think, like, the stuff that didn't work. I'll be honest, the narration was hit or miss for me of, like, using him to, like, tell this story. Um, it, It was fine. I think, like, I I think this and there's one other montage scene that didn't really work for me because it's like it, it feels too much like uh, like all right here's this exposition real quick but like I get it you know you need some here's sort if you of haven't recap. seen five to ten movies yeah. in the last week but do, we feel, th- do we need those like can we just go into these movies and like do we need these like did it matter the backstory like I don't think it did <laughs> like I mean I guess that's the question it doesn't matter to us but I guess if someone's going into this movie as just a movie and not watching all the MCUs and it's just like you know what I want to watch a movie about Thor maybe I'm into mythology I can understand how like someone could like you know I talk about Endgame my aunt went to that after not seeing any movies and that was a good example of like or not Endgame Infinity War and she said I understood what was going on yes did I miss a lot of it but she's like I got the movie and I think that's like you have to go in expecting that people I have not seen any movies so as much as it annoys like fans like this that are like yeah, I don't need the recap. You could use that time elsewhere. I do think it is for other people, but as a fan, I'm like, yeah, I don't really like it. Instead of giving me Nicole Kidman at the movie theaters, give me like a previously on. Give me like previously on Thor. Like I'll watch. I'll watch a two minute explainer video. Like that is like a trailer. Like why not? That's not. I mean, that's not a bad idea at this point. Just a little previously on, um, especially for movies like this. Um, but I, I agree. Like so many people that I that I know like that aren't like NASA Marvel fans, they'll be like uh like oh are you gonna go see multiverse of madness and they're like oh you know i might wait for it to come on disney plus maybe i'll skip this one you know like i feel like they're i feel like most of the people that go see marvel movies don't see all the marvel movies so in that sense for the casual fan i do understand like it's understandable that somebody had missed ragnarok even though it is one of the bigger ones it's not like the uh, avengers movie um that they're more likely to go see but um yeah not a whole lot more to say about korg but uh, can we talk but, about Knifey McKnifey? I, I liked when he popped Meek. up. Yeah, no, that was really fun. Meek. Meek, I, I was I was wondering where he was, and I was very well, excited. Well, let me just to quit. Meek is Sorry. a girl, according to the movie. You know, they did call her she, so you know, just to, to get that right. But Sorry. that's the first time we that's the uh, first time I've heard <laughs> it in this movie. But uh yeah, I liked Meek and I liked the <laughs> taking notes, <laughs> and there's just a bunch of images. Uh yeah. 
Glad we got meat bank. Yeah, I will say, Tommy, like, you know, not a big comic guy. One of the few comics I've read is uh, Planet Hulk, and that is where Korg and Meek are introduced. And Meek, it, like, is like kind of turns into like a villain and like is a super badass character um and it's just really this is an example of like where like uh the comics doesn't necessarily like take away from the movie even though it's incredibly different it's just like it's funny to see the contrast of nothing else it's almost like the joke in and of itself is is the fact that uh, meek's character is so much cooler in the comics and this character is just like you know writing on a chalkboard yeah entirely <laughs> different uh but it's korg is too you know they completely took that which yeah. is like we're gonna do our own thing uh, as Tycho likes to do all right well uh robbie caught me out on it the next person on my list is jane foster mighty thor um <sighs> again <laughs> i mean they get just like always always oh, wow. going in the right direction um i i felt like i i felt like they kind of made her de- there were points where i was like do you want me to not like this person because that's what i kind of like i felt like she was being annoying at points she was being stupid at points like a lot of her commentary a lot of the stuff with like the catchphrase was like really like it was almost like she had like it was almost like just a childish mindset the entire time. And I don't know. It, it wasn't, I guess Thor's the same way. So I think that's, I think that's two things. First of all, the, the catchphrase is from the comics. That's like a big thing with like this character of like, because she's watched super, she's like, I need my catchphrase. I was like, and I think like, so I, I'm going to get a little bit into rant. So I'm sorry. I cut you off a little bit, but it's with Jane. It's interesting. I've heard a lot of criticism like, why they even go the cancer route? Like that is straight from the comics. And it's like, I really like how it's handled both in it and here of like, she's choosing to pursue a shorter life for a bigger cause, you know, in the comics, she knows from the beginning that like every time she picks up the hammer, it basically makes, it cleans her body. It, 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 so it takes out all the radiation. So every single time the radiation has gone and she still picks it up every single time. I think for me, with the humor and stuff, it's almost played into that. She's trying to be optimistic. So there is this like kid light, like it's like focus on this stuff. So I don't have to focus on this dark shit that's happening. It's like a gallows life. humor kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think that's where it is. I think it's also Taika being with all his actions at the time. Chris Hemsworth, to your point was also kid. Like, and I think that's Taika being like, yeah, that's great. That's that's, I think they really like that style of humor and they keep hyping each other up for that kind of stuff. So I think when Natalie came in, they're like, yeah, play that kind of like awkward nerd, like awkward nerd, uh, you know, I'll be like, catch you later kind of thing. Like, I think that's more from the styling choice and I, it worked for some. I, I do agree with you there's times I'm like, man, you were cooler in the other films. <laughs> she's not smart. Her whole thing is that she's smart and she's not smart in this movie. I like, think I feel you're like so smart. You can be like book smart and not street smart too, though. There's two different. You know where smart. a lot of the problems that you're talking about probably get solved, Tommy. And I, I, I this is not. Uh, I want to credit. I was listening to the big picture where they had this thought, and I was like, "That's they nailed it." Is the thing I wanted to see more, and what I would admit we missed. We missed from the time that she goes to the hammer to when Thor arrives, and I would have loved to see her becoming besties with valkyrie because like you could tell they've been through some some stuff like they've been hanging out for three to six months doing stuff um in new asgard and i really like their camaraderie and i would have loved to see that kind of naturally grow and i think with that we get a better sense of what the stakes are for her she understands the state like we understand that she understands the stakes um going into that um probably also it it explains like she can like be like oh this is kind of awkward like my ex-boyfriend used to live here kind of thing or like i i think that we kind of missed out on some of that kind of character development that would have been really nice um but 
for me, what I really loved, and I kind of said this really, really early in the podcast, um, so about three days ago, is I really liked uh, the uh, the relationship that they showed Thor and Jane's relationship. And it was like written off as a one line, like, oh, you, you told me, like, you left a note or you didn't. And then like, we have no other context. And this was fun where we got the exposition that backfilled all that information we didn't have. And it played like a little rom-com montage. And like, I could have watched them being a like as a romantic pairing in a rom-com as a whole movie. And I would have just loved that. I think that it would have been, they had pretty good chemistry and I think it really would have worked. And I think then it would also have built up the stakes for later on when um, we get into kind of the like Milner versus the other, the act, what's the, what's the name of a Stormbreaker, And um, like into that kind of uh, quote unquote love triangle. Um, and I think like those things could have played in a more interesting way but I really enjoyed that kind of romantic angle and, and the awkwardness of like, we've all had exes. We've all run into exes at places or seen an update on. I remember when my college girlfriend got engaged, how like just a huge version of awkwardness, like, do I respond to this? Like, what do I do? And like, imagine like she's driving your car now. And like, I just really thought that that felt real. And I enjoyed that, that part of the dynamic between uh, uh, both of the characters. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like it is, there's parallels to like actual things that could happen to you. Um, and you mentioned your least favorite bit. My least favorite bit in this movie is the relationship they have with these artifacts. Like I, I really like it. It's, it's very silly where like Stormbreaker's like out on the ship, like pouting and like Thor has to come comfort the, yeah. and like the, these, these objects. And here's the thing. If they like, kind of like, um, um, what's the name of Dr. Strange's cape? Like that, that has, that has always had a personality to it. These, these, these weapons have not always had a personality in my opinion. I feel like, and if they did, even if there was hints to it in the past, it was never like, like every time we get these weapons, there's like, they're like trying to build a relationship that I'm not buying. Yeah. I, I agree with you to like, the beer for me was too much. The the one on, but like, I liked, so, so in the, con, like, again, it's hard. It, it, Cause I think the, like, it's when they try to recon stuff like this to your, I don't know how much, and I had to go back to see if like, maybe I uh, had like a, a personality, but like in the comics they do, like they are like entities and like, there is a connection. It's like, there is a relationship uh, with Thor, with this hammer. It's like a big deal to him. Um, and so like, I didn't mind that. I think it became a little too hokey at times. I I liked the. I think they, if you cut the one on the boat, I think it's fine. I think like cutting over and you see Stormbreaker kind of sitting there. I think that's fun. It also is a nice foil for later on when Jane has a very similar, more dark version where it's like, which is straight out of the comics where, uh, where her hammer is just you know she decided not to go. She's in the hospital and they pan over and the hammer is there. Like, hey, we gotta save our bud. Um, I thought that worked so well for me because that is straight out of the comics. That's like, they're like, you cannot do this again or you will die, period. And she's like, this means more. And it's such a breaking moment. Like I was crying during this because it was like, you, it's silent, but those two people are the most important people in Thor's life. And they're both like, we need to save him. This is our, like, we need to go do this. And so for me, it worked. Um, I do think it's a fun foil because like we've seen that bit, but this time it was like, no, this is, this is a 
a twist on it, you know? I don't know. So I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know. I, I think the sentient sentience um, was something that was kind of uh, retconned this, this movie for me, at least from my perspective. Um, I kind of liked the hokiness, I guess, of it, Michael. And like, I could see not liking it. I think it's very much like the goats where like, you either like the bit or you think the bit is really dumb. And like, if it doesn't work, it could really not work for you. Um, Tommy, I think that that was really elegant and beautiful what you just said. And I, I didn't get that from that, but like, I now hope to get it on a rewatch where like, I didn't get that kind of like almost like, like silent conversation between millionaire and Jane to be like, we got to go do this, even though the stakes are that you're going to die. Um, even though in my brain, like I said, the whole time I was just like, Oh, they're just going to use the wishing well to, to make her alive. Um, again, I don't, I don't think it was called the wishing well, but that's what I'm calling it. Um, but I think that that really adds poignancy to it. Um, and, and I do think the ultimate sacrifice she does make is really, kind of uh validating and satisfying um but undercut for the reasons we talked about earlier but still very much enjoy very enjoyable gosh and when she says i'm the mighty thor or if you can't get that i'm oh i'm getting chills i'm getting chills like thinking about and maybe it's because like i don't know it's a tough topic and it's just like it does because there was consequence to this death it does hit harder right and it's like she made that active choice. And I love that Thor also let, like, he made his pitch. He said, you cannot, like, I, I want you to stay so we can have a future, but it's your choice, which I love too. Like it was her mm-hmm. choice to go. And if she wants to do that, he's not going to stop her. He, and it's just heartbreaking when she shows up. I do think it's, it's hard because it's like all this comedy before, but this is like, that's why it hurts me when they didn't go serious. Cause like you did it. There's like certain parts that are so good with like the serious connection between um, between Jane and, and Thor and like that whole moment with the, the relationship. I don't know. It hit for me. I know it's not going to hit for everyone. And I, I do like that kind of stuff. So it, it worked for me, but uh, that's Tommy. You sell it well. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. You sell it really well. Tell Tommy, you really should work on these movies. <laughs> Um, I do want to touch on. I really liked the. I liked them like the upgrade that Molnir gets and the fact that like it can disassemble and like fly around. I thought that was really cool. Oh, I thought you were saying the upgrade where it got a little drawing on it. And oh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. Um, but also, um, I want to talk about this part of the catchphrase because there was a moment towards the end when she's fighting Gore, um, where um, the like she doesn't say this is my catchphrase, but she has a catchphrase in there. And I thought it worked really well. She's kind of, I don't remember what she says leading yeah, up to she it, lands a catchphrase and then they're says, like, oh, I, oh, I yeah. don't have a catchphrase. I'm like, you just landed one. Like, yeah, eat my hammer. Ago. Eat my hammer <laughs> well, was so didn't, good. Didn't she say right before, she, was it? Was this after where she's like, I think I forgot a catchphrase. Was that after she said that line? This was after, yeah, okay, she said okay. that after. And that's when I was like, when she's like, I have a catchphrase and she whispers. I'm like, he just had a really cool one. And we didn't even get to hear the new one. But so with that being said, I want to, what was the catchphrase, guys? What did she whisper? What is this? This is like goes back to like uh, Lost when uh, somebody whispered something on a helicopter and then jumped out. Yeah, I think it was Suck It. I think that was, that was she's a big DX fan. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it was more like like even just except for she says I love you to him anyways, but I would wonder if it was just like I love you, like it's like hey I got my catch race, but it was more just a cute moment. I don't know, yeah. you know. I think that's the fun part, but I'm with you. I kinda wanna know. 
Yeah, I heard somebody say online that the ca- the catchphrase is "Every rose has its thorn," which I thought that was good. <laughs> um, good. Oh uh, but okay, <laughs> we can move on here. I've got another. I, I wanted to stop down just on some brief cameos. We get. I realize we probably have nothing to say about it, but always love to see Darcy where wherever we can, even if it was just for a moment. And also, Tommy, we had this conversation just a couple podcasts ago about the most name dropped character in the MCU. We get it again. Eric Selvig, Doctor Eric Selvig is back they love him they can't get enough science you need science you go to eric yeah he's our man uh maybe yeah. science uh we, we can brush past that i just wanted yeah. to mention those uh, we're gonna... I, that was that was a weird one for me where they're like like do we really need him on screen like why like why was he back <laughs> i i think it worked if you think of it as like jane's friends are trying but yeah. i agree with you like it, it's like do we need a, a screen cameo i don't know I, darcy could have been enough for she it, needs some but... friends that like aren't co-workers like it's unhealthy to only be friends with co-workers yeah, yeah. Uh, uh a couple of kind of tommy's easter egg corner since yes. i think we're going to jump into the the, the main uh the yeah. main course main course yeah uh we got i loved the the sequence and i guess to mention sif was back for a second that was fun i guess uh i think they could have done more with her but off that you see the gods there's like a, a lot of scenes straight from the comics the one where you saw the, the the giant god with like the big spikes coming out of it and they're standing on the stone uh looking at it straight out of the comics which i just love when they do that use images uh nick furry that was <laughs> very funny uh and uh, odin's ravens mentioned I, I just love you know me i love comic book type things um, and then I think the last one I would just mention is, again, we're just getting a lot of the Living Tribunal. We also saw the Watcher in the temple at the end. Um, and I, I, I'm assuming we're going to talk Wait, about sure the other. It was, other, this, this, well, the it was a statue. So they had statues oh, okay. of the Living Tribunal. And again, this is probably the third or fourth time we've seen the Living Tribunal statue. I don't know what they're going to do with it. If it's just like no one's talking, they just keep all using the same uh, character. I just think it's interesting and something to mark down. Um, Michael, I'll wait to say the other one because i'm assuming you might talk about uh look we're gonna talk yeah my next topic is love and thunder oh okay then i'll say the last one can we talk about eternity we saw eternity in a marvel movie i don't know who eternity is is. that was it on infinity uh it's eternity okay who is eternity that's the wishing well right yeah eternity is like the wishing well it's just like it's just such a big concept It, it it was like i don't know it's just it was very cool it's I, this is where I go. Like, it can't be too. Is hard that right. in the same vein as like death? Like, it's like like a turn is a turn. Like, it sounds like so abstract that I feel like it's probably. In, is it the same vein or no? Um, it's like the idea of like there is so there is infinity and maybe like infinity is a character, uh, Michael. Okay. So, but this one and then there's there's other. It's like the cosmic avatars essentially. Um, and so like you know death and trap, but like eternity is like kind of this thing of like. And it's hard. I don't know a ton of of the comics with them in it, but Eternity is like, yeah, like essentially what they said, like this wish in type thing. Um, and it just goes to my point of like Marvel's going places and weird concepts and crazy characters. Like I do think Living Tribunal will be something we get someday because like at this point, we're gonna eat up anything they give us. We can buy any concept they give us. We can buy that there's this being in the center of like the universe or whatever that has a wish for you that you can if you get there you can have it. Yeah, well yeah but what does it say that someone like me, who's like a pretty deep MCU fan, obviously not in the comic books, but is referring to this major character as a wishing well? 
I mean, you can't even say Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Robbie. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, those aren't real characters. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, what are you What are you talking about? Um, are, oh, you're Falcon talking about that show where where Iron Man is the main villain because yeah. he blipped everyone back because he loved his daughter too much. Um, yeah, how do you get that one? In? Heroes Heroes versus villains. Iron Man is the team captain of villains. Um, <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was going to say. That's a that's a long. Uh, go listen to the other Robbie podcast. It's a long uh, hate that Robbie has for the biggest villain. Um, but yeah, so next year I, I kind of figured we would kind of cover Thor throughout all these other topics. But I, for here, I have Love and Thunder as our final topic, which would be Thor and love. Um, so if you have any other comments about like Thor story as a whole, I mean, really, I just kind of want to guess over love. Uh, I, I think this is so smart. I think I really like. And I, what I had told uh, our good buddy Nathan Barnett was more so than any other movies in Phase 4, this one gave me the most hope for what the future of Marvel could look like. And uh, I don't know. Dad Thor, it works for me. I really I really like it. Um, and uh, I think love is such a... Like, we don't get a whole lot of love, but I uh, just the fact that uh, that is Chris Hemworth's daughter uh, in this role, like, I don't know. I think that's just... It's, it's fodder for a lot of cute and fun things to come. I don't really care about this character. I know that that's like, like, like what, like, like I get it. She's a cute child, but like she's our villains dead now undead child. Like that Thor is taking care of. I think that there's, I don't know. I, it just didn't totally work for me. Like uh, sure. Um, okay. But I, I just think that like, it didn't totally work for me. And like, I don't need to see, like I, if you started there or if this was the second act and we got like two thirds of a movie, I don't need to then now wait five years to see like a, like a team up between the two of them because what's probably going to happen is like every fast and the furious movie it's like oh we got to go out to kill the bad guys let's drop the kids off um at the at our aunt's house or at our our dead our dead friend's house um and we'll take care of everything so i, I don't know if we're ever even going to see love and thunder do anything like that's why i don't think it's really setting anything up uh, I think for me, I, I hear your point of like, we didn't get a lot, but we did get some, which I honestly was surprised we even got some of Love's personality. Like, you know, we saw the little banter with Love and Thorne. I thought it was really fun. I, I think it's more set up, Robbie. Like, I think it's like, if we do see more, we will get more of this character. But honestly, like, I'm, I, I don't know if I wanted Love to come sooner because I think it was about Jane and saying goodbye to Jane and stuff that I think like if you, you would lose. Yeah, some I, of that. I, I agree with that. Like, that's yeah. definitely a bit more poignant storyline, but I think that's like, that's why she didn't work for me. Cause I was like, if, if she was going to be there, I needed more of her, but like she shouldn't have been there earlier. So you're right on that. Yeah. But she represents to me, she represents it's bigger than her. It's like the representative new hope, you know, like, yes, she says goodbye to Jane for now, but um, he has a new purpose. He has a new love. Uh, figuratively and metaphorically of like this, this is his, his, he's putting all his eggs in this basket and he's finally letting someone come close. Uh, regardless if we know who that person is yet, it's just representing that, like, that that does she have powers like did 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 gore have powers before he was anything but she's part eternity is essentially what they're pitching which is wild okay like but yes because she that's why they show that scene where it's a reflection and you see that she has like this cosmic look as it went up yeah she's that's what they're they're pitching it as is she's like part eternity kind of thing okay that makes a little bit more sense to me then yes yeah, again, like, 
there was nothing about the character that would like made the movie for me, but again, just more like what, what this could look like in the future is, is exciting. And, and I think coming out of these Marvel movies, sometimes that's a problem where I'm like, okay, yeah, you want to wrap up the story, but like, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like a little bit more like hope uh, attached onto the end of the stuff. So I think we did get that. Um, Hey guys, unless you have anything else to say, I think this would be the, the time to close it out. We can talk about post-credit scenes if y'all are ready for that. Um, and we, and we kind of did mention it. Um, the post-credit scenes, <laughs> like the first one, obviously somebody comes back to life. And then the second one, I was like, oh my God, we're doing it again. Like somebody else is coming back to life. But it I didn't fun. even, what was the second one? I don't stay it for was, the second scene anymore. It was, uh, <laughs> this one was actually better than the I think it should have been flipped. I think you flipped the scenes, it works better. Um, what do you think yeah. about that? What was the second one? Sorry. Yeah, so it was yeah, God. The second was uh Jane uh arriving in Bahala. Oh, and like and, and have, yeah, I did hear and Hemdall and Hemdall being there. I think because it like to me that closes out the Thor part, and then it's like, yes, Hercules is part of the Thor story, but it feels like a more of a teaser to the future as opposed so like I feel like if you flip the two, it works a lot better than it's like I, I everyone, think you're right. Yeah. Because I, I would have enjoyed that more. I think where I'm struggling with some of these teases of characters is like we got like what, what is his name? Adam Warrock, like five years ago at this point. And like, is he ever gonna be in a movie? Like, is anyone gonna remember that he was teased in the Guardians of the Galaxy? Like uh two, sorry. Like, like I feel like they've and didn't didn't like Joe Jonas or one of the Jonas or someone, some pop star was teased Harry at the Harry end of the So just name all the pop stars you I don't know. <laughs> I, I saw this. Uh, this is a side tangent, which is what we need here. But like, I saw a headline about like Doja Cat being in a fight with like the kid from Stranger Things, and I had to like Google Doja Cat, and I'm like, I am at the age where I'm just like I don't know, I don't know what a Doja Cat is. Like, I need to like uh, that is how old I am and how tapped in I am to music. But I was just like, this just is nonsense. So that's Harry Styles for me. But like, I feel like we've just been like there's been like these casting announcements that are just like part of like the movies now. And they're like, eh, maybe we'll make a movie with this guy, but like at least like nerds will be super into it. Like I, I that's where I feel like we are with this stuff. I will say Adam Warlock is coming soon. I think that's very much confirmed and I'm excited about it. With that being said, Robbie, I wanted to get your opinion on this because I, I listen to your podcast. I know you know who this guy is. I don't. Um, he's from Ted Lasso, right? That, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Brett something. Who's does this work for you? Do, uh, he's Roy Kent. Oh, he's am- it was amazing. Like yeah. oh, I was, I was sending texts to Jesse. We were chanting Roy Kent back. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Where Roy Kent? It was, it was wonderful. Um, too similar yeah. to Kendall Roy. It's very similar name, yes. Um, <laughs> that's basically it. Um, but yeah, that was it. Was a fun tease. Um, it was cool to see that like this guy went from being like a writer slash actor on this like Apple Plus TV show. Now he's in the Marvel stuff um, along with Doja Cat, and it's just like cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, not a whole lot more. We've touched on everything. Um, yeah, Sorry. I think I think we touched on a lot, and I think like we've given a lot of different perspectives. Like I think that's the thing about this. Like no perspective is is key because everyone has different points of view. Um, so hopefully you guys like enjoyed the different points because I think what what's cool is we all have our different. Yeah, I mean we all come from different backgrounds. So yeah, and I think I think this it goes into like. Michael, you came in kind of negative about the movie and, and we, Tommy and I came in a little bit more middle of the road. And I think as we kind of explored it, we saw that like some jokes work for me that didn't work for you. Some stuff worked for you that didn't work for me. And I think that's what this movie's takeaway is, is that like the more stuff that worked for you, obviously the more you're going to like it, but there's like enough, there was enough thrown against the wall that like, I feel like most people are going to enjoy it, especially like 
MCU people, like, this is not, like, a bottom tier. This isn't the Eternals. Um, uh, <laughs> if, if you're not watching the video, you guys got to look at the facial reactions as I said that. It was completely a troll job. But, yeah, um, it, this isn't, like, a bottom tier um, MCU movie at, at, at anywhere close to that. All right, Rob, Robbie, thank you so much for doing this. Always a, a treat to have you. Uh, I will give you a chance to plug uh, your podcast. Also, one of my uh, one of my favorite podcasts, the podcast always goes straight to, I'll, I'll stop a podcast mid-podcast when I see yours drop because I have to listen to it immediately. Um, please tell the people where they can find you. That is very much appreciated of you, Michael. Um, have a couple of listeners who have reached out with this kind of similar sentiment and it makes me feel really good about uh, the work that we're doing. Uh, we, it's called Kickball Friends. Um, tomorrow we'll be talking about Thor, we'll be talking about the Emmys and we'll be talking about um, the first episode of Better Call Saul. Um, but we talk about kind of like the most recent pop culture stuff so whatever the big movie or tv show um we're going to be breaking it down on tuesday um so uh, on the tuesdays so please check us out at kickball friends um you can follow me on twitter at robbie underscore freeman um that's basically all you need to know about me better call saul's back how did i miss yep. this <laughs> uh literally as soon as i sign off i'm gonna be watching the premiere i'm really hyped yeah i still have to finish the boys but i guess that's after so um, <laughs> yeah very cool um uh tommy uh what are you up to tell me where they can find you uh, hey, I'm on Twitter, Tommy's Tidbits. I'm there. Discord, I'm there. Come <laughs> find me. You know, if you guys, if Tommy in... got a haircut, by the way. No more long hair, Tommy. Yeah, it... it's been like that for a little bit. It's been for a uh, while. Maybe, maybe it's longer than I thought. It's just combed. It's combed. It's professional, yes. Tommy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> does anybody have? No, you go. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna because I might have a recommendation. I don't know. Oh, this is gonna be a part. Okay, I'll I'll give rec slash uh, endorsing myself. Um, hey, in real life, I do stuff. Uh, I work in documentary. My documentary, one of the documentaries I work on is coming out, um, I believe, July, July 14th. Don't quote me on that. Let me check that real quick. But it is called uh, Victoria's Secrets, Angels and Demons, and it's on Hulu. Um, we, we, we dive into some deep stuff. So uh, if there's a trailer out there, go check it out. Uh, yeah. What do you do, what do, you, how do, what do, you do on the on the doc, Tommy? Uh, I'm, I work in post-production. So, uh, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Doing yeah, doing some stuff there. So uh, good times. Go check that out. Uh, not good times, but you know, education. So even if you worked on Marvel stuff, it would be after they already screwed it up, so it wouldn't really get the job done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tommy, what the hell is this? Because this is not. Uh, I only know one Victoria's Secret, and I I don't know if this Victoria's Secret will top it. What what is this? Can you tell us anything about it? Yeah, I mean, the uh, documentary basically goes through the rise and fall of. Uh, of of the industry of of Victoria's Secret, the the store, the mogul, and kind of uh, Wexner, the guy behind it, and kind of uh, the you know there's speculation. I don't want to uh, get too much into it, but it's uh, a lot of the stuff with uh, connections to uh, Weinstein uh, or Epstein. Oh. Sorry, Epstein. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the only I, way to be worse and Jewish is <laughs> yeah. Weinstein, Epstein, Madoff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't figure out if it was like actually Victoria's Secret or something else. So thank yeah, you. no, no, no. It is on on that. So yeah, uh, lots of stuff goes into a lot of different areas, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. And uh, number one question on my mind, Tommy, is: Do you guys use the clip from the Social Network where they talk about Victoria's Secret in the documentary? You might just have to tune in. I'm to gonna have to watch out. to find out. I'll yeah, report yeah. back to everyone. Uh, Robbie, do you, anything you want to tell people to check out? Um, I, I, I was just watching this show right before we got on it's black, black book, black something. Black um, no, not black. Oh, black bird. 
um, with Tara, with uh, with Taryn Edgerton, Ray Liotta, and Paul Walker Hausler. First episode, first two episodes just dropped on Apple TV. Uh, if you want to be ahead on the cool new Apple TV trend, um, I would check it out. Um, I feel like people are going to be raving about it. I watched the first episode and I thought it was great. So give it a give it a give it a look. Okay, I'll round us out here with a recommendation, and then we'll we'll get out of here. I know it's gone a little long, but I because I, I actually like I'm excited because I have a video game to recommend. Like it's been really hard for me to get into video games in the past couple of years, but I'm into one. Um, so if if you're Fall a Far guys? Cry, <laughs> not quite. Uh, uh, Far Cry, which uh, is a series of open world adventure games, um, is something I was really into back in the day. And then they had Far Cry Five, and it was super disappointing. And then they had another one that came out that I didn't play. But then they had the sixth one that came out. And I was like, I'm not going to play it because they're all bad now. But I, I finally checked in. It's got, um, um, oh, God, uh, the gentleman from The Mandalorian and Breaking Bad, the bad guy. Um, Giancarlo Esposito. Yes, there you go. Uh, he he is there in his face and his voice. Uh, it's, it's a fun story. It's a really fun game. Uh, if you're somebody like me who fell out of the Far Cry series, I would definitely hop back in. This is the time to do it. Okay, I will close this out. Um, I like to remind you guys to rate and review us on Spotify, preferably five stars. Also, please subscribe because we're going to be here every single week. We're going to, oh yeah, we didn't, we skipped out on Miss Marvel episode five, but we're going to do a combo episode next. It'll be a good one. I think we have a fun guest lined up. Um, so please check out that um, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars pod. And you can check our uh, link in the show notes for our merch and ask us for our discord link because we have a little discord community going on and we would love to have you join. And uh, I think that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Peace Bye. out. Bye.